0: Hi there, and welcome to the DepotCast for Wednesday, May 27th, 2020. Uh, I'm Mike, and I've got Mackenzie with me. Hi, Mackenzie.
1: Hey, Mike.
0: I've got Mary with me. Hi, Mary.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: And we didn't run Tim off. Tim's back. Hi, Tim. Hi, Mike. (laughs) Uh, So this week's going to be a weird one. Uh, I mean, weird in that all of them are weird, but this one is especially weird. Uh, that we're going to basically just do a, a pitch meeting, uh, which is similar to what we would be all be doing in Mary's office around this time on a Wednesday, if the building was open. Um, speaking of that, the building is now closed until June 13th, I think is the new one. Uh,
2: oh, let, let's clarify the museum is closed. Yeah.
0: The, if you're here for Amtrak, you can still use the building. If you're here for the mass thing, that's still going on as normal. But the, mu- but the museum part of the building is still closed until June
2: 13th. So if you're a senior citizen in the Shiawasee County area, um, if you're in need of a face mask, we have them here in the building and they are free. So we're, we're here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, noon to 4 p.m. to pick up a mask if you want one.
0: And if you're making masks and you're looking for somewhere to drop them off, bring them to us. <laughs> because we're helping getting them get out to people who need them uh, so w- before we actually get into the pitch meeting stuff we're going to do some of the uh, the normal podcast business before we uh, before we do that so uh, if you have a question I checked already I actually remembered this time I checked there were no questions but if you have one uh, hit us up on Facebook Instagram Twitter as at Duran Station or email us at depocast at gmail.com um Mary, do you have anything in particular you want to talk about uh, for, like, the nonprofit side?
2: Yeah, um, just got off a Zoom meeting with Shiawasee uh, County nonprofits. There's a lot of conversations happening about the possibility of food shortages. We... We're not seeing any kind of food shortages right now. And it's extremely important that consumers understand um, food shortages happen in our grocery stores because of, uh, what's the word? In words? Hoarding? Uh, not hoarding. The mechanic buying. They're, you're thinking, oh my gosh, there isn't going to be any ramen noodles, so I need to buy five.
0: I would call that hoarding, honestly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to find ramen in almost 12 weeks now.
2: It's encouraging, you know, we're encouraging everybody to not panic buy with that kind of stuff. Because this it's in the the supply chain. It's just not getting to the stores as fast as it had in the past because of all of the COVID restrictions happening. Um, so we were having a quite a, lengthy discussion talking about uh, food banks that are available to the community. Um, what might happen with the Shiwas the fair animals, uh, making sure that the kids who have fair animals can sell them and if somebody is wishing to donate them to Shiawassee County food banks, uh, they're they're more than uh, eager to take those kind of donations. So. I guess what I want to relay is, there's a lot of conversations happening to make sure that our citizens in Shiawassee County have resources available to them. Um, On one phone line, that if somebody in Shiawassee County has a need, it is available uh, for them to call and say, hey, I'm looking for tomatoes or you know whatever the need happens to be so yeah um i just want to encourage everybody that there's a lot of conversations going on and you we are not alone we are in this together uh
0: so so we have a uh let's talk about the farmer's market real fast since we have farmer's market today um wednesdays so you're probably not listening well maybe you are listening to us on wednesday and if you are Uh, You might actually still be able to get down to the farmer's market before it closes at seven. But if you're not, they're on Wednesdays. Um, And so you can walk through it now and you can also do drive up if you're not comfortable or you want to be extra safe. And uh, what sort of stuff do they have at the farmer's market right now?
2: Oh my goodness. Honey, um, bee products, um, herbs, uh, little sprouts that you put in with your salads that are absolutely wonderful. Fresh vegetables, of course, we have at least two or three um, vendors who are offering fresh vegetables. Asparagus is in season, as is rhubarb. Um, Some really cool rhubarb recipes that are available out there. Um, Pies. I bought the most wonderful apple pie last week that that's going to be my go-to before seven o'clock tonight is to pick myself up an apple pie. We,
0: we got her going on, on pies. We, this, oh, yeah. this, this, this <laughs> podcast is going to get a whole lot easier now. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, uh, that's the farmer's market two to seven on Wednesdays down here in Duran. Um, if you're not in Duran, I guess you're missing out, uh, but support your own local farmer's market. If you're listening somewhere else, um, you know, uh, we actually do have people who listen, not just in Michigan, they're listening all over the place and um, a couple of people who even listen in Canada. So good day.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, and you know, not only Duran's Farmer Farmer's Market that is Wednesday afternoon, but Owasso's Farmer's Market that is on Saturday morning. Um, they have a huge selection of vegetable farmers as well and, and food vendors. So that's another good one to check
0: out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so moving on, uh, Mackenzie, what's going on in the store today?
1: Well, uh, we picked a gift shop item of the week, and it is our Durand Union Station brown and beige patch. This patch is five dollars, and you can get yours at DurandStation.org.
0: Um, they they're not the kind that are sticky, if I recall. Like, um, they're not iron-on patches. I think you, if you want to attach them to a shirt, um, you're gonna have to sew them uh we do have iron-on patches but not I, this one is not that so be aware if you're buying that you probably either need to have a sewing machine or know somebody who does <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, but they are cool uh and they use like an older logo that we discovered uh we were talking to a vendor that we had used in the past and they said yeah we have this old logo that you guys might care about and so we went back we like that old school stuff um I, I think it, I think it's a logo from, at least the Depot drawing is one of the really old ones, like from the beginning of the organization, I seem to recall. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's what we're selling today. Uh, okay. So, uh, here's the format for the next 35 minutes or so. We're going to pitch ideas. Uh, Tim has some ideas that go outside the format that I want to, I want to do. So Um, we're going to start with Tim because he's got some exhibit type ideas to talk about. So Tim, we actually did like the morons. We are started actually pitching this idea before we started recording, (laughs) which is typical that we just have a conversation that blends into it. So, uh, you were talking about some museum type things to show off in the Depot lobby, I think. Right? Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, one thing that I have seen in other museums, and it, it really rung a bell with me, uh, it, it, was, it was kind of a, it, it's something that would lend itself well to, say, trivia or um, just, just odd little things that aren't really, you know, museum stories. But, but say you had a picture of something unique, and what am I, and have it mounted, for lack of a better word, in a picture frame, on a board and then you open the open the frame up and the the answer is text behind it uh you know it's something that we could build one time and then the the content could be refreshed over and over uh you know so that strikes me as something that would be you know a handy thing to have of course i'm putting all the work on you once once it's built then it's on you to come up with the the things to uh engage people with
0: i think that's a good idea because if we design it to hold something that's like eight and a half by 11 um we have cardstock that we could print that on that would fit in there pretty nicely and would be pretty low intensity like anytime that we remembered to change it out we (laughs) it would just be like half an hour's worth of work to get a picture of something and then have the answer be like what is this and then use that um I think it'd be easy for you to build Uh, a lot of the time we pitch ideas that require like insane amounts of labor on your part. (laughs) (laughs) Build us a Rube Goldberg device. And you're like, guys, come on. Um, (laughs) That happens to me. Sometimes we, I think we actually joked about this last week that Mary's really guilty of pitching ideas that require an insane amount of work. And then she's just like, well, what do you mean? It's going to take an insane amount of work. And I'm like, you're not the one having to think about how to pull it off. <laughs> hey,
2: high is
0: the girl, the
2: ad, ad, boy, words just are not happening for me today.
0: <laughs> We're all idea people, but sometimes uh, we, we look at each other like really easy for you to say sitting across the table, just coming up with the end result here, <laughs> having to figure out how a machine works um yeah we do that a lot to each other um yes we do
2: raspberry pie
0: yeah um luckily for us a lot of a lot of the solutions now is just like hey this one thing that we figure out that works is a thing that can work for everything um yeah i like that idea a lot i think that that's a thing that we should definitely get into doing um did we discuss well, on air the stand-ups or i mean we should probably recap it anyway but we have this picture of it's huge. It was in a previous museum case of an engineer and a conductor standing next to each other. And I think they're synchronizing their watches is actually what they're doing. Um, they both have their, st- their pocket watches out. Um, and I think the conversation that we had, whether we recorded it or not was we should have standups of, of guys like that, that talk about what their job is, like who they are and what their business is. And one of the ideas was, well, we already talk about the conductor and the engineer. (laughs) Like we have a display that actually discusses who they are and what they do. Um, And it would be a good way for us to utilize these huge pictures that we already got because they're warping. They're on Luan board that's like folding into itself. So it'd be a good way to do that. Um, I think that's where we were last time. And then you wanted to expand upon that.
3: Yeah, well, I would just like to uh, have some kind of audio uh, accompaniment to that so it makes it a little bit more interactive. Yeah, Kids would absolutely love, you know, I can push a button and make sound, you know how that goes. Yep,
0: Um, yep, that's that's very doable. We already have the blueprint for that, and um, every time we have to build that from now on is cheaper than the last time we did it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first time that you and I did the audio stuff for the president case. I think I bought probably twice as much stuff as we actually ended up using because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, well, that's I, that learning curve. I bought a bunch of wire that didn't work. I think you, you had to strip a bunch of wire and like splice it together to make it fit. Um, yeah, that was, that was a learning experience, like learning how to make GPIO boards work and all that. Um, yeah, I think that we should continue on that path. Um, it, ticks all the right boxes, which is reusing something that we've already got. Um, and then sort of like amplifying it or improving upon it in some way. Um, standups are easy to store. Like if you build them with the right type of feet, you can just fold them up and put them away. Uh, it's stuff that gets out of the way of Christmas. Christmas takes up a lot of room. Uh, so stuff that we can put away is good. Stuff that we can put away during weddings is good because, Boy, people hate that mannequin at wedding time. <laughs> how many times? How many times between you and I alone, Tim, have we had people request that we put the mannequin away for their wedding? <laughs>
3: uh, more times than I have fingers. Let's Be- put it that way.
0: Before we got the new mannequins, remember when we had the mannequin that o- was only just a torso? Yeah. Oh, man. And people, he sat behind the desk. People hated him because even, like, the effort of moving him, people hated him. Because I would pick him up and they'd be like, ah, he has no legs. We would be like, how did you <laughs> think we put him back there? They don't make mannequins easily that just sit. Yeah, so. Um, yeah,
3: certainly not that we can afford anyway. No.
0: Everything we buy is on eBay. And let me tell you, every time I have to buy a mannequin on eBay, it's very nerve-wracking waiting for it to show up. Because I'm always, like, secretly... Now that now it's no longer a secret because I'm broadcasting it on the internet. I'm always not so secretly concerned that like the FBI is going to show up instead. Heard you heard you bought a person on the internet, huh? Like No, <laughs> I thought it was a $75 mannequin. That's what they all say. Um, The worst was when I bought the, the girl mannequin for the marching band thing. That was, <laughs> that was very nerve wracking. Don't search for those, by the way. That's a bad search engine thing on eBay. Ooh. Um, all right. So does anybody have any other ideas before I get into the programming thing? I'm taking silence to mean we're good to go on that. Well, I do I'm
3: have okay. some, some ideas percolating for the uh, the update on the circus train case. Oh, but, yeah. But uh, that, that's probably left for another time. Yeah. Uh,
0: all of us are still hard at work, like, using the... You know how it's said that, like, everybody uses, like, 10% of their actual brain power? I feel like all of us are using some amount of our background processing information (laughs) on how to make the big top idea happen. (laughs)
2: Well, I have a page up here on my computer. You know how I have 40 pages typically on my
0: computer? We we built you a new computer because you were were overtaxing it with tabs.
2: Do I, I probably have 20 sitting here right now? But anyways, one of them is a a, a Google image page of big taps, and I think I can do this. I think there will be a way that I could sew a piece of fabric that will give the illusion of coming up to a peak like a big tap is.
3: Um, yeah, I
0: think the. Well, idea what if behind... we
3: provided a little bit of a framework to? To make that happen,
0: yeah. If we built like a hoop, yeah. So that, yes, that would work. It'd be like it'd be oblong. It wouldn't like it wouldn't be circular. It would be uh... it'd be like half of an oval. Yeah. Yes. Um. And
2: then coming up to a peak, it would it would mean that the fabric would be need to be cut in very angles. And the pictures that I'm looking at has red and white scallops across the front, which would be super easy to make.
0: Yeah, Um, the idea behind that was something to hide the lights in. Um, Because we use those LED lights, uh, those would actually look really cool coming out of the top of there. Almost like a circus.
3: I have been giving some thought to this, too, and I would love to be able to have something that looks like actual spotlights. Uh, Because you know how, I mean, you go to the circus and it's a fairly dark environment with a spotlight on whatever it is there, whatever act is going on. yeah. Um, I've kind of got an idea. I'm, it's going to take some experimentation here, but I'm thinking I can use the stuff that we've been, you know, the same concept we've been using all along and maybe some sort of a disc in front of the light to yeah. to give it that that spotlight
0: effect. Build some sort of a maybe shroud let, around it, yeah.
3: Yeah, and and then, you know, kind of let whatever ambient light uh, is involved uh, be the ambient ambient
0: light uh, um it would work the museum room itself is pretty bright um and then having like basically what we're talking about is deliberately designing like deliberately making a li- a lighting decision as part of the display as opposed to we just want good light coverage which is normally how we deal with the leds um it would actually be far more it would actually be similar to what we did with the history of michigan case where the lighting yeah. was actually part of the show as opposed to this omnipresent thing um yeah i like that we should come back to the idea later on
3: and and maybe add a couple of uh small um animals uh you know or something like that you know little models uh to to that case to uh you know for the spotlight to be hit on
0: yeah um and I because I don't want to completely redo Adeline's work because she that was the oh, no. thing that she did for her master's degree and um it's pretty good I just want it to more match what our current style is because she built that before we developed a style uh, right so I, I, it's not a complete redo it's sort of more of a like a retrofit <laughs> just
3: an update yeah yeah
0: um okay so uh I bought a book. The book is called 101 Museum Programs Under $100, Proven Programs at Work on a Shoestring Budget by Lauren E. Hunley. Um, I have already set up some bookmarks. Uh, We're going to go in order. I'm going to have you pick a number uh, between 14 and 155, and I'm going to read that program, and we're going to see if this is something that we can do. (laughs) Uh, This is also my newest attempt to uh, get Mackenzie more engaged because she's very quiet and very respectful which is always incredibly funny to me that she's managed to find the one place where everybody's loud and she isn't um okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna make mckenzie go first Mackenzie, pick a number between 15 or 14 and 155 28 28 okay i'll read the subject out like uh Okay. So this is, uh, programming for children and families. Um, here is the, here is the program preschool story time. Uh, this was done by the history Colorado center in Denver, uh, history museum, which already off to a good start for us, uh, in gallery partnership, story time, uh, preschool children and families are the target audience. Attendance of 25 to 50, uh, which, probably works great in denver i'm guessing that we're we would be shooting a lot lower than that um overview every month staff open the museum early to host story times and galleries uh we only have the one gallery (laughs) um early open times allow young learners to explore these spaces with their caregivers without the regular museum crowd all books come from the denver public library and accompanied by staff made flannel boards to further connect the space with the story uh budget $15 waiting for effect on that one 15 sounds good uh interpretive components connecting exhibit themes to the story through visual boards songs and rhymes exposes the young audience to the museum and gallery spaces and engaging in engaging and personal ways um staff requirements 1 to 2 hours planning time <clears throat> includes selecting the story identifying songs and rhymes, creating the storyboards, connecting these pieces to the gallery exhibit. Um, Audience time requirements, half an hour. Uh, Scalability, five stars. Uh, You could make that as big as you wanted or as small as you needed. Um, So analysis, gallery-centered story time can be comfortably duplicated depending on gallery space and themes. The History Colorado Preschool Story Time goes a step further and includes visual storytelling elements beyond the book illustrations and exhibit displays. Um, I don't know, right off the bat, that sounds like something that we could partner with the library on in town. And do Mm -hmm. something real similar. Um,
2: Well, it's sort of similar to when we did the kids night at the museum, but my brain is just going
0: crazy with ideas. It reminds me of the orphan train, except exactly. deliberately yes, aimed at, yeah, deliberately aimed at preschoolers.
1: Yeah. I and think if, that's something we could easily do.
0: Um, and that was something that we could do at like 11 in the morning.
2: Bring well, them in. We could even have... once This at-home thing changes. Um... We could do a museum or not an orphan train experience outside on the sidewalk have the building open for people to walk through have different stations set up where kids are chucking corn and kids can um, handle coal and uh, you know an old fashioned the scrub board and
0: and this is the sort of thing with social distancing that we could probably do, even like some of this stuff is clearly going to be when we can get back to normal, whatever normal okay. is. And some of okay. this is stuff that we could do a little bit before that. Um, so the preschool sto- story time thing does seem like maybe more of a normal idea, but the orphan train idea could be made an outdoor thing. Tim- Mm -hmm. yeah um and especially like as we get into september and stuff when school is supposed to start back up but everything is sort of all over the place that idea might come back into it so all right cool good job Mackenzie. you picked a winner like right off the bat Woo! i put a bookmark in um tim give me a number between 14 and 155 57 i know why you picked that number 57 (laughs) um all right so you actually get to choose because it splits a page uh you can either pick family painting workshop or victorian christmas
3: well you know how i feel about christmas so let's say family (laughs) painting
0: and now i know what number mary's gonna pick (laughs) (laughs) um all right so i'm gonna we'll do uh sorry what did you say
3: family painting. Fa-
0: I need I knew you did. Um okay, so this one again is for programming for children and families. There's a couple of different chapters here to go through. Um so I, we've just done two of the same sort of overriding thing. Um Family Painting Workshop this was done at the Evansville African American Museum in Evansville, Indiana, which is right on the uh Indiana Kentucky border if you've ever been down there. Uh they they're an art culture museum. Uh, family groups, attendance of 150 to 100 people. Uh, the overview is the museum's family painting workshop encourages families to make art together while exploring African American art and cultural themes. Each session combines mini lectures, gallery visits to examine displayed pieces, and hands on painting instruction. Families learn about African American artists and art movements while being taught painting methods. Uh, this combines family collaboration and cooperative learning with formal art instruction. Budget of that is $100. Uh, workshop combines staff-led instruction uh, with examining source materials and personal artistic interpretation. Uh, participants are able to apply concepts and methods to, to create personal paintings to keep. Uh, staff requirements, 13 hours, uh, time to create sample paintings, workshop, prep and cleanup, manning the event. Uh, if you'd have more than 30 people, you'd require a second staff person. Uh, this is meant to be like two and a half hours, so like an evening. I'd be like Mm -hmm. a a 6 to 8.30 thing. Um, Scalability is sort of mediocre. I guess it depends on, like, it's under $100, but it sure seems like you'd require a a fair amount of human labor to pull this off. And and expert labor, honestly. It it does. Um, This seems like a viable idea down the road if we were to develop maybe a more close relationship with our friends in the art departments at, like, the school. Uh, Because I feel like we would need an art teacher, right?
3: You know, uh, back uh, a few years ago, they used to do a wine and painting thing at the uh, antique shop that has since been closed. Oh, yeah. uh, Uptown next to the old uh, Ben Franklin's. Does the the
0: library do that, too?
3: Do they? I mean, it's possible we could
0: just host
3: something like that. Yeah, um, that's really not. Yeah, that's really not a museum thing, but uh, it it might be uh, something we could host to get more people in the building.
0: Or we could talk to yeah, we could talk to Nancy Falera at the library about that and see if that's something that you know how when we did the kids' night they came over as like a co-sponsor. Maybe that's mm-hmm. maybe that's a way for us to return the favor and be a co-sponsor of their thing, and uh, if they do a, a painting night or something, it, we could we could provide like the railroad theme or something. That's not a bad idea. Um, I'm not going to put a bookmark in that though. (laughs) No, (laughs) that seems like a pretty far off thing. Mary, do you want to hear about Victorian? ambitious? Do you want to hear about Victorian Christmas? Of course. Okay. This counts as your pick. So Mary also picked 57. Uh, (laughs) This was done by the Moody museum in Taylor, Texas. They're a historic site Um, target audience kindergarten through fourth grade. Attendance, 25 to 50. Overview. Uh, every year in early December, the museum invites local students in kindergarten through fourth grade. Students are able to make Victorian-themed ornaments. Families are encouraged to take tours of the historic house. And groups are able to take Christmas photos in front of the decorated tree. Oh, my gosh, Mary.
2: It sounds similar to what we do.
0: This, the event offers students and families a chance to explore the historic site, learn about Victorian Christmas traditions, and create original take-home crafts. Um, This open house budget, $100. Uh, Interpretive components, the open house event uh, presents Victorian history in an age-appropriate, interactive, and relatable environment. Families are able to explore the site's history with the understanding of their own holiday traditions. Uh, Staff requirements, four hours. Prep, setup, manning, and cleanup. Uh, This is meant to be an hour. While the event runs for under two, uh, two hours... Most families are able to complete their activities in under an hour. So this is like the Christmas open house, except Victorian.
2: For kids. We
0: do this, (laughs) except that ours is like, clearly just like come and hang out and see the Christmas stuff. Um, We
2: could put up eight foot tables in the ballroom and in the Amtrak lobby. Yep. Where the Victorian crafts could take place. A lot of times we have people that decorate, theme decorate their trees Remember one, the, a couple of years ago, was decorated specifically in a vintage German fashion.
0: Yeah, the Frankenmuth tree. Yeah. I wonder what ever happened to that lady. I don't know. But um, yeah, doing a little bit of research on like Victorian Christmas ornaments would be a cool sort of this. That might even be the sort of thing that we can just incorporate into our existing open house.
2: Well no, I would want to do it separate. You wanna do, do mean, a separate one? Open house is more family driven. You know it's it's everybody driven. Yeah. We could specifically market it to or promote it to children.
0: Yeah.
2: Age group children where we're having crafts that are age
0: related. Yeah, so like Victorian Christmas at Duran Union Station. Yes. Okay. Cool. See We've got two ideas here. The and I, I thought the painting one was actually a really good idea. We're just not in a position to do anything with it yet. Um, okay, so I'm gonna flip at random. I'm gonna go further back than. I just saw one that says podcast. I'm not doing that one. <laughs> That'll never work. <laughs> <laughs> what a, oh my! What a what a, st- what a stupid idea. Um. Whoever
3: came up with such an idea? What
0: a what a maroon! All right, um, here's one that here's one that I'm going to read out loud. Programming for adults, uh, his, history happy hour, museum center at Five Points, Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, target audience: adults only. Weird. Uh, attendance: twenty five to fifty. Overview: five times throughout the year. The museum center at Five Points hosts a his, history happy hour where museum staff present a selected local history topic while enjoying a free beer bar and refreshments good lord the beer the free beer bar their budget's a hundred dollars oh guest speakers like so this is like um this is sort of like what charlie and arlene archer do over at the uh village no um similar yeah uh but over at the shiawassee county historical society except that they have a bar. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Uh, let me do a mulligan on this one because I would hate to also, that's sort of like an alcoholic version of our tea party. Isn't it not? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're going to do a different one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, programming for multi-generational audiences, twilight tours. We were actually kind of talking about this beforehand, weren't we? <laughs> oh. Uh The Conrad Caldwell House Museum in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a historic house, multi-generational audience, uh, attendance 10 to 25 uh, people, not age. Overview. Each month over the summer, the Conrad Caldwell House Museum offers two tours throughout the historic home during the evening and twilight hours, led by docents. The tours offer unique opportunities to see the site in lower lighting. The tours also offer audience members who work during the day a chance to still explore the site through a guided experience. Um... Budget, zero, (laughs) because you're just offering tours just open late. Uh, Interpretive components. uh, Tour tours are regular site tours offered during the evening hours. Docents share information about the site and history. Uh, Staff time, two hours. It's basically just, like, show up. Um, Their tours run over an hour. We try to get our tours done to about, what, like, 35 minutes? Yeah. That's around there. Um, And it can be scaled to whatever size group. We actually, like... If we did our bus tours and just let them pick whatever time, we could theoretically be doing this now. They just all happen to come in at like 11 in the morning. I,
2: um, but that's all what's, oh, how is the world going to be?
0: Yeah. Um, this is certainly a later idea, but the I, idea of just like opening up like an evening night or, and maybe pairing it with the idea that you were talking about of doing an astrology sort of thing um we also kind of did this once upon a time with ghosts didn't we Uh, we did uh, like a midnight ghost hunt mackenzie did you know that we did that
1: i think i came across a dvd one time but i have not yet watched it
0: the ghost hunt yeah um yeah they claim they found a ghost
1: i didn't know that
0: of course they claim they found a ghost
1: I guess I'm going to be successful if they didn't.
0: Yeah. What are they going to do? Sell a DVD? It was like, no, nope, we didn't find anything in this hundred year old building. <laughs> <laughs> no, they we should do that again. The, it is friendly um, ghosts. The hard part of that was, um, I don't know. Like it, it was fun for the people who did it. They had a great time. I think the hard part for us was finding the appropriate ghost hunters to do it um you just want because one of the issues that we have is that they always want to like market it as like come to the haunted depot and we're like please don't say that duran U station is haunted (laughs) (laughs) we have to rent this out like it's a museum don't please don't
2: varying opinions on that type of thing i mean some people think it's great and cool and fun other people see it as, you know, dead serious and then there's others that don't even want to contemplate the fact that there could be spirits lingering around. Yeah. It's really hard to a comfort level for everybody.
0: For the people that are into it, they get really into it and they have a blast. And I'm, you know, that's fine. I I personally, I don't believe that there are ghosts in the building, but basically like everybody else in our organization swears to me that they've seen ghosts. So
3: no, not everybody.
0: Okay. Everybody except me and Tim believe that there are ghosts. Uh, so I've turned it into like a joke. That's why the sign inside the building always references ghosts in some way, because I got tired of trying to explain to people that there weren't ghosts. So I was just like, all right, whatever. We do have ghosts. They're just really boring. our ghosts are really dull (laughs) all right so we have time for one more um and again i'm gonna revolve it back around to mckenzie Mackenzie, pick another number between 14 and 155 um
1: 136
0: 136 Okay, I'm going to read it. I don't think that we can do it, but that's that, that hasn't stopped us. It's for multi-generational audiences. Shovel Ready, Wyoming Dinosaur Center in Thermopolis, Wyoming. I think I said that right. Thermopolis. Um, science Museum. Off-site. Target audience, multi-generational audience interested in paleontology. Um, I know we have a lot of kids around here who are, like, super into dinosaurs. I'm sure I was also super into dinosaurs when I was little. Um, audience 100 to 200. Overview: Shovel Ready allows visitors to be paleontologists for an afternoon. Participants are transported to an active dinosaur quarry. Okay, we definitely can't do this. <laughs> 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 Where they receive basic training and information before they are allowed to excavate under the supervision of their own paleontological guides. The program includes a tour of the site and a hands-on excavation as participants assist site staff in completing regular field assignments. Um budget 50 bucks. Uh, includes a tour of a dinosaur excavation, which that's worth it right there. Like you could charge admission. For me, I'd pay twenty-five bucks to go and hang out and watch people dig up dinosaur bones. Uh, so th- that could be a money maker if, if you were in the right position. Uh, participants are encouraged to ask questions throughout the program. Four-hour staff time is basically like being there and supervising people. Uh, it's meant th- it's like a three-hour dig. Like this is an outside thing okay so clearly like if you're running like a dinosaur museum this is the perfect thing for you like that is absolutely if you have the means to pull off a dinosaur bone dig hunt you should do it but um we are not in a position to do that
2: (laughs) what it reminds me of is when i was a kid they would have um areas of uh sawdust and they would hide things, hide coins, and hide little toys in the sawdust.
0: Oh yeah, I
2: used to, I used to love
0: that um, thing. What I think it they reminds?
2: Used to do it a couple of times at uh, railroad days. I don't know if they do it yeah. anymore.
0: Or like you know how we get people from time to time who come over and ask for permission to do um, metal detecting. Oh. It's similar to that. Um, it reminded it reminds me of all the people who come in asking where the elephants buried. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, oh okay so i rushed through that one because i knew we couldn't do it uh i'm gonna give Mackenzie. i'm, I'm rigging this to get Mackenzie to talk more uh <laughs> give me one more um 72. 72. um okay so this one is actually something that we're kind of doing but it's a, a tumblr account we don't have a tumblr and i don't oh. know that a lot of people use tumblr anymore <laughs> but um this is something that actually is viable okay so museum of latin american art long beach california uh target audience teens and college students audience more than 200 people basically audiences the internet anybody you can get to click on the link the museum of latin american arts tumblr account provides unique glimpses into the permanent collection while boosting exposure of emerging artists and discussing relevant program initiatives these posts are immediately viewable to account subscribers and also searchable on the internet for the international public Um, Tumblr's easy-to-use platform removes audience viewing barriers and allows subscribers to quickly comment and share each post. Um, Budget, $0. Uh, They can cover a wide range of material, um, 20 minutes a week. Uh, Audience time variable, depending on how long they want to click on the link and look at it. It can be scaled basically as big as you want it to be, honestly. Um, So we kind of do that.
1: I think that's, like, the tumblr like that um idea would now be like a visco account
0: or instagram or what is yeah. Visco?
2: what'd you say what is visco i've never heard of that it's like uh
1: it's almost like a tumblr account kind of but you can post pictures and everything it's uh like a photography social media
2: no kidding brand new social media
0: that i've never heard of
1: yeah it's v-s-c-o
0: yeah, they bought up a uh, Rilo who made like uh, body cameras recently. Uh, shout out to my friend Matt who was bought out as part of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but we I feel like the genesis of that idea is already existent with us because we do like on occasion we haven't done it in a while, but like Throwback Thursday.
1: Yeah, we were when we were in the museum and everything before this whole thing happened. We were pretty active on our Instagram.
0: Um, and like grabbing like this week and rail or this month and railroad history or this week or stuff from the Durant Express. Like we were that was actually a lot of fun to dig through those newspapers and find like we'd always get sidetracked. Mackenzie and I are like the kings of looking for information in a newspaper and then never finding it and finding 10 other things that don't matter. Yes. Yeah.
1: Ending up in a totally different newspaper.
0: Usually it's like uh, panicking about horrible ads that were out in the 50s <laughs> There
1: were some pretty bad ads out back
0: then <laughs> How how dare you talk to people that way in the 1950s What are you doing Um yeah so that's a good idea Um okay so uh I I thought this episode was a lot of fun <laughs> I feel like we should do this again not necessarily like next week but like down the road uh we can always dive into this book and find more examples that are really good Um, some examples that are really bad, but the ideas that we stuck with that worked off worked right away, preschool story time, uh, the Victorian Christmas and the twilight tours were all three that we, we stopped on that seemed to work out pretty well. And those are worth looking into, uh, further. So, uh, that has been the depot cast for wednesday may 27th i forgot what day it was again i <laughs> i said it at the beginning of the of the show and then forgot in the process in the in the, the next 45 minutes i forgot what day it was again um yeah every day every day is like always wednesday day. every day is sunday they're all just the same oh. I, I miss work. I want to, I want to be back in the museum. If only so I know what day it is again. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that was, that was this week's show. Um, hopefully you liked it. Hopefully you thought it was interesting and maybe got a little bit of an insight as to how we work, uh, because this is kind of how we actually talk to each other at work. We're goofy and pitch ideas out there and just see what happens. And, uh, as as you heard, sometimes we come across an idea that totally won't work and there's no sense in being upset about it. All you do is laugh. And if you laugh a lot at work, then you have fun at work. And if you have fun at work, it's not a job, right?
2: That's true. I
0: was gonna yes. say, that was that was a long silence. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like all oh, well, this...
3: considering I'm a volunteer. You yeah. Know.
0: Volunteer plus because you're on the board and the head of a committee yeah, but
3: i'm not getting paid is my point
0: <laughs> god bless you <laughs> all right yeah, so, that's
3: all right it keeps me out of trouble yeah
0: as well well i mean like trouble within reason there's there's an acceptable band of trouble that we're allowed to be in right uh, we haven't been in serious trouble in a long time we're doing all right so okay that was the podcast uh thanks Mackenzie.
1: thanks for having me thanks mary welcome
0: thanks tim Keep forward to next week
3: thanks for indulging my uh, goofy ideas
0: oh we like that's how that's how we make, get anything done all of our goofy ideas turn into something either a joke or an actual product that we hand out to people so uh again we'll see you next time goodbye